There's an old saying that uh, there's only two things we have to do in life, pay taxes and die. <laughs> but that's not correct. We don't have to pay taxes. You can go to jail if you want, it's, or you can have them take your home. You don't have to pay. But you must die. Everyone must die. And we know that. And uh, we, especially as Catholic Christians, get it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a transformation. We, we do not believe that when we die, it's all over. We do not believe that when we die, everything ceases. We believe that when we die, we are transformed into glory. And this is an extraordinary thing to believe. But there's evidence that this is true in a lot of ways. For example, uh, Avenue 33. Every single year, all of the trees down Avenue 33 lose their leaves. And it looks like death. A little kid may be experiencing it for the first time and say, Mommy, Daddy, where'd all the leaves go? The trees are bare. There's nothing there. And winter is this time of dying, at least for all the fruitfulness of the trees, the plants. But then in springtime, and this is one of the most glorious streets, not only in springtime, but my favorite time is autumn here on this street. I've never lived on a street like this. And those trees turn orange and golden brown all the way up the street. It's like a tunnel of, of this color. But we are in the process of it dying and experiencing when it looks like total death, leafless trees, and then springtime, things coming back and all these blossoms appearing. That's the process of transformation of death. And it happens again and again and again and again every single year. So today, uh, we look at this experience, this transformation that we call death. And there's a couple reasons for it. One is, um, the following week, we read the Passion for the first time, this year according to Mark. And then we enter Holy Week. And on Friday, we always hear the Gospel of John, the Passion. And we focus on the death of the Lord. And it doesn't end there. He goes into the tomb for three days and then Easter is raised up to the fullness of his glory. Uh, so we see that transformation in the person of Jesus and recognize that we will follow that. If that's all we were doing, it would be enough, except that Jesus always goes deeper. He is the, the ultimate teacher of, of, this, of spirituality. Because he recognizes kind of like the trees on Avenue 33, that this death has to occur all the time, every day. I am pretty sure that all of us today will experience death. Not physical death, hopefully, but, but the experience of death. So I want to share a comparison. Some of you have heard me say this at funeral because this is one of my favorite readings. Uh, this, this, well, at least the, the image of the seed that has to go in the ground to die. And as Jesus says, if it goes into the ground and die, and only if, will it produce no, new fruit. So um, when I was in the seminary, I had this little, little old Monsignor. Uh, he was a scientist. He'd been uh, over there to the, the famous science school there in Pasadena. And uh, he was my spiritual director and, and uh, just amazing man. And he uh, shared the image of these readings today. Uh, he was burying the mother of a friend of mine in the seminary. And when he read this gospel, he said, all of us have already experienced death. And I'll say it for this group here. All of us have already died. We died to death. We died a death to uh, the womb of our mothers. 
And so I don't put anyone else on the spot. I'll talk about me. When I was in my mommy's womb, my mom, Mary, carried me for, I guess, approximately nine months. And uh, if somebody could have come in and interviewed me, Barbara Walters or somebody, and said, how, how are you doing in there? You want to come out? I would have said, get out of here. I'm perfectly happy. I have food. I have comfort. I have protection. I'm safe. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to fight with anybody. I'm perfectly happy. And every baby is content in that womb. But somewhere along nine months, usually, well, always, without our permission or without our desire, we get thrown out of that womb. And life in the womb of our mothers, it dies. It's over. We can never go back. We lose it. It's over. It's dead. But it's not over in the sense that life doesn't continue. It continues in a new way. And we go through a transformation as we are thrust out of the womb or taken out of that womb and born into this world. We are born into a bigger womb, this womb. Now, even though we get here uh, without our desire to be here, it changes. But at first, it's terrible. The transformation is very rough. We have to cry every time we want food, when we want to be touched, when we want our, our pampers changed, when we want someone to give us attention. Uh, we're constantly struggling to, to enter this womb fully and to appreciate it. But eventually it happens, and then we be begin to discover how rich this womb is. We delight in all the different kinds of foods and tastes, the sound of music, friendships and love, uh, all the toys and things that we can play with, the animal kingdom, everything, everything that surrounds us. And we realize how rich and beautiful this bigger world is. And I think most of us thank God. Thank God I'm not in the womb anymore, but I'm in this bigger womb. And then, somewhere along our life, without usually our, uh, our uh, permission or our desire, we are taken from this womb. We die to this womb. And we say, we believe that we follow in the steps of Jesus Christ. We rise from the dead and we're given life in life eternal. Exactly what it looks like and what it'll be, uh, I have no clue. No clue. But I do believe it. I believe it with all my heart. I have no fear of dying just fear of suffering. And I just pray I, I, I die in my sleep. Please, Lord, or let me fall out of a plane. It'll be quick. Something quick. Now, Jesus says, like that grain of wheat, unless it goes into the ground and dies, goes through that transformation, it will just remain one grain of wheat. But if it goes through that transformation of death, and here's how you'll know it, you plant a grain of, of wheat or any other seed and come back after uh, it's begun to sprout and grow a stalk and you go down and dig for that seed, you ain't going to find it. It's not going to be there. You're going to find roots and it will have transformed itself into a plant and that plant will produce much fruit. And Jesus used, I think, just an exquisitely simple but so correct example of the transformation that happens in death to new life. Now again, if that's all we were looking at, I would say, wow, that's, that's, that's a gift. But Jesus goes for more. And he's really talking about the need to die every day, every single day, multiple times. And this dying is also a transformation. And it requires, like the second reading said, obedience. 
Jesus was obedient unto death. And obedience to death is acceptance of it. It's accepting that it must be, and then accepting that it has come to us, and then we, uh, we choose it. We choose it. I'll give an example. I think um, probably every single person here has uh, experienced uh, not liking somebody and not wanting to forgive them, especially if they hurt us deeply. Some of us uh, had traumatic, uh, uh, youthful things for the first 10 years, and, and we've never been able to forgive. But if we don't forgive, our lives are like clenched fists. It's, it's, it's dead. It's, it's like the walking dead. We can carry resentment for years. We can hold it in, and maybe we're ashamed of it. So if somebody said, have you forgiven them? We might say, oh, yes, yes, but we know if we haven't. And that experience of not forgiving, uh, no surprise to me that Jesus made it almost central in his Our Father prayer, as certainly the longest petition. Father, you forgive us like we forgive those who hurt us. Because if we don't forgive, we, we live like this. But if we're obedient to the death that must come, only if we forgive can we find that new life of peace. So when we forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that we say that they were right or what they did was fair or just, but it means that we don't hang on to hating. We don't hang on to that. We don't clutch that. We let it go. And we know we've let it go if we begin to feel peace. Say, what they did was wrong, and I've hated for years, but I don't want to hate anymore. I want freedom from that. And so I pray for them. I want only goodness for them. Do I want to be their friend? No. Do I want to have pizza with them? No. Do I trust them? Mm-mm. But I want good for them. Because I want good for everybody. That is a different place to be. That's a different place to be. I think Jesus, the great spiritual guide and teacher that he was and is, leads us to that place because Jesus is very interested in this freedom of spirit. We, we said it in the song, you know, create a new heart in me, O Lord. Create a new heart. Because with that new heart, everything changes. We find peace, we find joy, we live differently. So today, uh, as we come close now to Holy Week, we're going to focus so clearly on the death of Jesus, his obedience to death. And he, he gives us the perfect example on the cross, at least according to Luke, when he is dying on the cross of total rejection and just incredible pain and suffering, and, and um, dying alone with hundreds of people around him, dying alone in his misery. Every reason to hate, every reason to condemn, but he says those magical words, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. What peace. What a place to be in the midst of such suffering. Today we are led to that same place. We're led to accept the dying that needs to go on every day. So my question to you would be, how are you going to die today? How are you going to die? How am I going to die? What little things will we let go of? 
I'll tell you, it is so simple. It can be this. It can be this. We go to the market to get one thing, and just as we get to the line, somebody steps in front of us, and they, and they, and they stand in, the, in, in front of us. And we could rear up in a second. How dare you? I was there. You, would you go to the end of the line? We, it can ruin our day. We can ruin our day. Or we can let it go. And it's that simple. Uh, somebody said to me at Mass last night, Father, uh, she said, thank you. That, that explanation was pretty clear. She said, but I'm just curious. Why did Jesus say the first will be last and the last will be first? I said, that, that's the example of it. When we clutch to the first, and we've got to be first, we've got to be most important, we've got to have the, that place, we're already last in line in the kingdom. But when we embrace the last, go ahead. You can go first, no problem. And we can let that go. Suddenly we, we, we are lunged into the first place in the kingdom of God. We've, we, we know what it is to serve, to give it away, to let it be. And that's the place that Jesus wants to lead us to. It's a place of dying, but it's also the place of rising and experiencing transformation and new life.